Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snack Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Would you look at that? We had a whole plan about emergency podcasts regarding the Le'Veon Bells of the world and, and Miami's potential of landing him. But here we are just a week later. It's the Miami Dolphins bye week. And there is only one, one, one reason why we could possibly be doing an emergency podcast during the bye week. Joshua, there was a video that blew up regarding yourself uh during draft time and i would like you to repeat what you said in that video word for word and just a warning to everybody out there listening this is your this is your time to potentially lower the volume on your headset because here it comes josh let everybody know what is happening guys we got him to attack of my is a dolphin starting starting quarterback he's the starting quarterback you hear it right there I don't think it could have happened in a more surprising way, but that has kind of been the Brian Flores tenure um, for the Miami Dolphins. He's going to do things his way, and nobody's going to say or do anything about it. So, Joshua, you'll wake up this morning. I mean, for me, I work a shift now that starts at 6 in the morning till 2 in the afternoon, so it was a little more right into my bread and butter of me waking up. But it was it came pretty early this morning. It was a Schefter tweet with a nice little diagram featuring Tua that the Miami Dolphins announced following the bye week he will start against the Rams. Uh, the Rams, we have to mention, are coming off of a sh- quote-unquote short week because they're playing uh, Monday night football and then having to drive, yes, drive, fly all the way to the East Coast to South Florida to play the Miami Dolphins. And Tua Tungavailoa is the starting quarterback. Josh, what were your initial reactions? What were the feelings going on going through your head? Yeah, I mean, we're all excited. And, you know, normally I sit here and I go, Edward Scissorhand on this podcast. I'm not going to do that. I have kids in the background. They're hyped up. You and I, though, we mentioned it. I mean, we clicked. I know I personally clicked clicked on that tweet about seven times to make sure that was the real Adam <laughs> Schefter because I just got done listening to the Zoom meetings, and it didn't seem like Chan Gailey. It didn't seem like quarterbacks coach uh, Robbie Brown had any idea, and then it just comes out of nowhere. And, you know, last week you definitely touched on it and said it was a real possibility. This is awesome, though, and I, it just it's crazy because now we got to sit here and we got to wait, what, 12 days before we actually see it all come to fruition? To a ton of Iloa time, baby. Time to get excited. And with that, too, this, like I said, this is an emergency pod. We're not going to keep you for more than 20, 25 minutes, but you should probably listen all the way through this podcast because I'm going to throw this on Josh, but it's been something we've been planning for quite a while. Uh, listen to the end of the podcast because we're going to give you rules about a special giveaway we will be doing regarding a jersey. However, it will not be about Tua. It will be about our second favorite <laughs> player on the Miami Dolphins offense, and the only other hint I can give you is uh, – it's cheeks, but stay tuned. Listen for that. But Josh, 
The 22nd quarterback since Dan Marino was under center for the Miami Dolphins. And I have to be honest, I remember roughly two years ago when when Papa Stephen Ross put us, put us, the Dolphins fan base, on his lap. And he was telling us, now, I know this is going to be hard, but it is going to be worth it in the end for the Miami Dolphins. That we need to trust the process. Adam Gase was out the door. We were tired of being in the hunt, but <laughs> lo and behold, we're 3-3 three and, three and right in the middle of the hunt. Uh, but the process, the flosses, the flosses, however you want to pronounce it with the Brian Flores pun, uh, it's happening. We get Tua Tagovailoa starting for the Miami Dolphins. And Josh, we kind of said it earlier in this week. Um, you you, you kind of eye-rolled at me when I said that I think Tua might start following the bye. Uh, people kind of eye-rolled at me because of Aaron Donald on that defensive line. But I mean, the second Tua took the field for the Miami Dolphins late in that game, it really started clicking in my head that this, this could be his time to shine. Obviously, there could be a good chance that Brian Flores made this decision two days ago, but but at least they were leaning in that direction. And we saw it. And, and Josh, a question I want to ask you, being such a big fan of Isaiah Ford, I'd like to know what you think this does to the Miami Dolphins offense, specifically those receivers, because as you go through the preseason and training camp, yes, I know things were a little wonky this year, but Tua most of the time was the, was the backup quarterback. I think it was pretty obvious that Fitzpatrick was going to be the starter, and it was like that for most of the season. But what do you think this does for guys like Isaiah Ford and maybe those, I don't want to say second-string uh, wide receivers, and I know Devontae Parker and Preston Williams are great, and I'm not trying to discount them in any way, but Tua, I think he might have extra reps given in for players like Isaiah Ford. We saw Jakeem Grant catch one of his two passes along with Patrick Laird. I feel like those are the type of players he really got comfortable with in whether it's training camp or working with the second team. Do you have a feeling that this could impact a a third receiver for the Dolphins to really develop here uh, when Tua takes over as the quarterback? I do think the potential is there, and I don't reflect your question, but I have to tip my hat to Ryan Fitzpatrick, and I think all I Dolphin fans get the, have yeah, to. I agree. I mean, he, he took this team. We saw him win five games last year. We know how impressive that was. Then to take this team 3-3, three and three, completed 138 of 197 attempts for 1,535 yards, 10 touchdowns, and seven interceptions. She's so um, excited. Yeah, she is <laughs> stoked. She's very impressed. And, you know, he was the perf- perfect mentor and the guy to to kind of pave the way for the Tuatone Valoa era. So a hat tip to Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, but like we said last week, I mean, it's – Ryan Fitzpatrick, what he has in the experience with the 17 years and being able to run Shangeli's offense fluently, we saw limitations in his arm. You know, we saw some throws that, you know, it just didn't seem this, like the same Fitzpatrick we once saw to a time of a low. And we mentioned on the podcast last week, he came in there and, you know, we joke about seeing a handoff. It just looked different. Something about it looked different. Uh, you don't know how his NFL career is going to go, but we know how impressive he was at Alabama. You know, he's the perfect fit for this offense. I think Tom Pelissero was on the uh, – Pat McAfee show a few yeah. minutes ago, and he was sitting there, and I was getting goosebumps listening to that. You know, we joked about Chan Gailey's offense at the beginning of the season. It's really starting to come together. I think the Dolphins realize they're three and three. These ten games. I mean, you wrote an article for the Finsider. These ten games over these, uh, you know, after the bye are very winnable. And the only mm-hmm. spark that I could see in this offense, and that you could see, and I mean, uh, Mendel Mendel Stramas. Does that sound good? Jake Strom. I, I don't know. You predicted this. You you said it was going to happen. <laughs> I don't really care that he's going against Aaron Donald. You know, he's playing in the NFL now. All these guys are pretty damn big, pretty damn strong. And if he gets a hit, you know, any quarterback, it could be their day. So I, I will, you know, be pretty stoked when he jumps up. Hopefully he does that Shawn Michaels kick up thing where, you know, Shawn Michaels will get knocked over. He'd do like a jump up and, you know, two is right back there. So I'm excited. I think the entire Dolphin fan base is excited. 
Uh, I know that was a long-winded response, and I didn't give you an answer, but as far as an Isaiah Ford or even a Jakeem Grant, I mean, we know Tua Tagovailoa's strengths are those quick slants, you know, getting the ball out quick, making the right reads. Jakeem Grant taking a quick slant, you know, any time he could take it to the house. And as you can hear, my daughters are pretty freaking excited. Tua Tagovailoa. Big Jakeem Grant fans. Um, but, but, you know, they're you about said- the same size as him. I think that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Jakeem. I, I love you, man. <laughs> but, but I, I probably should have brought up the Fitzpatrick side of things sooner because I, you're, you're directly, uh, you're spot on, you know, there, he, there was the guy to lead this rebuild. He is the guy who put a smile on our faces for two years. He was probably the most fun quarterback the Miami Dolphins had in their 22 since Dan Marino, just the way he, uh, carried himself, the way he would kind of just always be laughing on the sidelines or losing by 30, chewing gum into the best. It was all the same Fitzpatrick and it was really a treat to have. And I don't know if this is because of his twilight run, but I mean, he, he was a, the, the ideal person to have. And, and I don't want to sound like he's he's dying because that's certainly not the case. He's going to be the backup for the Miami Dolphins. But I mean, uh, one thought that went through my head that was a little concerning. I really hope the butt interception isn't going to go down as one of the final plays um, for his career. And, and, you know, I said this is a have your cake and eat it two game because while Fitzpatrick threw three touchdowns against the Jets, I want to say that he did not play well in that game. Arguably the worst player on that offense, as I said in a previous pod. So that's just something to kind of keep in mind that I thought this was a great opportunity for Fitzpatrick to get one more chance. I think the Dolphins have been leaving points on the board no matter how good the offense has been. So I think there's certainly an opportunity there. And it's glad to see Fitzpatrick buying in. It's glad to see him cheering on the sideline. And honestly, I would not want any other quarterback there. Um, I would love to see Fitzpatrick become a coach for the Miami Dolphins in the, in sometime in the future. I think that'd be a blast, especially if he sort of runs an offense like Chan Gailey. I think that would be an incredible story in itself. Um, I do also want to share that Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, provided perspective on paying it forward to Tua on Adam Scheffner's podcast late last month. And uh, I'm just going to kind of rip it off the quote here. Uh, Field Yates is one who actually tweeted it about three hours ago, but I just think it kind of uh, embodies what Fitzpatrick is as a player, as a person, and and why he was so great for this franchise and continues to be so great for this franchise. Quote, I think I've had such a great career in terms of people that I've met and the people that have helped me out along the way. And I just view it as paying it forward a little bit. And I've made enough mistakes for plenty of quarterbacks combined with the things I've been able to do. Uh, And to be able to share those experiences, the good and the bad, with some of the younger guys, if I could be a smart part of helping them in their career and making them play better, then that's what makes it worth it for me. I wouldn't be where I am right now if it wasn't for guys like Mark Bergler and Gus Farah and Jamie Martin and a guy like Carson Palmer who really took time and helped me out when and went out of their way to make sure I had a chance to be successful. When I think back to those years and those guys, especially at Carson Palmer and the way that he affected my career, even just being able to observe and watch him every day, I feel happy and privileged to be in the position that I'm in now to be able to pay it forward to someone like Tua. And and Josh, uh, I, I do want to get back to Tua, but I just, that, it's so cool. It's so awesome. And, and, you know, whenever we talk down about players, obviously we're talking about a game. We're talking about football. We never mean any harm to anyone like that because a lot of these guys are just out here trying to make a living uh ryan fitzpatrick has been a genuinely awesome person and and for the issues the the you know the fitch tragics i mean it, it, he makes it worth it he is the type of guy that uh 
things like the NFL are truly built on because those are the stories. It's not always about the team that wins the Super Bowl, even though it's the New England Patriots. It's about the guys like Fitzpatrick, who one week is going to throw three interceptions and then come out uh, shirtless, chest hair going everywhere because he just balled out, had four touchdowns. Those are really the week-by-week stories that make the NFL. So I I agree. Um, I apologize I didn't do it sooner, but we certainly have to tip that hat to Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah, and don't apologize. I mean, this is time to embrace this whole Tua Tagovailoa era. But I mean, what Ryan Fitzpatrick has done—I mean, it's beyond any of our expectations. You know, when they signed him, a lot of people, you know, remember him wearing the chain in Tampa, and you knew what kind of player he was. You know, his goods were all, his goods were very good, and then he, his lows were pretty low. But he's come here; he's been the perfect veteran. This team has, you know, rallied behind him, and it's going to be awesome to see his mentorship continue, you know, throughout this season. But it's Tua time, man, and I, I just. I just can't believe that it's here, and I'm just wondering to you, do you think, you know, it's it's kind of it's kind of uh, odd, you know, just yesterday, we got to address the elephant in the room. I know you saw the quotes and everyone overreacting about Tua texting Brian Flores. What are your thoughts on that? Because uh, do you think that had any, you know, say or sway in this ultimate decision? Or do you think Stephen Ross, you know, just came out and said, look, I'm not getting any younger. Let, let's do this damn thing. Josh, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I did not see any reports along those lines. I have to apologize. I, I must have just completely missed it. Yeah, he, uh, he, he was being interviewed. I don't know if it was in Alabama, but he basically came out and said, you know, Brian Flores and I, we text pretty frequently, and I'm glad to have that open line of communication about Tua. And, you know, players are like, is this normal? Like some fans, you know, the ones who probably already had it out for Tua are spinning this into a negative thing. I mean, is it normal for a head coach to have a – a rookie quarterback's father's number, I don't know, but as for as involved as his father is, I'm not surprised by it. And as long as we don't get into a situation like you see, you know, with Minka Fitzpatrick or, you know, his mom speaking out and saying, you know, the coaches are pretty much wrong. I mean, until we see something like that, don't overreact. I mean, this family, we know what the Samoan culture is. You know, we've all seen a documentary. We know how important family is. Just let this thing play out, and, you know, it's going to happen. And that's that's what's most exciting. I mean, it's funny because most of us don't even have our freaking jerseys yet. Uh, so <laughs> I'm probably going to tag Fanatic. So we need to give a shout-out or start some kind of movement because this is ridiculous. He's going to start a game, and we're not even going to have our jersey. So, I mean, I, I just want to get your opinion on it. Uh, since you didn't see anything, I'm just going to put it to rest and say, you know, it, it is what I, it is. And, what I did yeah, see I is um, – I, I think, you know, Brian Flores is just such an up-class person, and I think he knows that family's more important family. than anything. Yep. And, yep. and even um, during the middle of the game, he get, he dapped up Frank Gore against the Jets. I think there's a, a, a specific line of being a football guy, a football coach, and just genuinely just being a good person, being out there looking out for people. I think that's just kind of what it is. I would not spin that in a negative light whatsoever. Uh, but, I mean... Josh, one thing I want to bring up is I wonder that that Seattle game we can talk about over and over. I think I was preaching that week that I think it was time for Tua to be the starter. The Dolphins offense was leaving too many points on the field. And one thing I didn't really think about is the Austin Austin Jackson injury happened right around that time. They gave Robert Hunt two weeks to solidify the right tackle position to see how well the offensive line is going to react and deal with these injuries. And now, all of a sudden, we saw the Dolphins on Sunday. Yes, it was the Jets, but, I mean, you had San Francisco in there, too. The offensive line is still looking, you know, 
good. I mean, I'm not going to say they're great. I'm not going to say they're five Hall of Famers at the moment. But what they are is a group, a unit that's good enough to get the job done. And do you think that had any play? Do you think Tua time was supposed to maybe even be a couple weeks ago? But once that injury happened on the offensive line, they had to shake things up? Or am I just so deep into these conspiracy theories that I can't even see the light at the end of the tunnel? I mean, you're definitely Charlie from that episode of Always Sunny where he's trying to figure everything out and he's just going absolutely mad. I mean, you're, you're definitely that. I think we all are right now with everything that's going on. Um, but but I don't know. I mean, I think to me it makes me wonder if Austin Jackson's not going to be ready to come back and play because, you know, Robert Hunt's look great at right tackle, but you can still do a lot of, you know, moving around. And we've seen them bring Robert Hunt in in situations. I mean, why can't Jesse Davis be that sixth man? I think they have to feel pretty good about the offensive line, but – I'm wondering, do you think before the season they said, you know, I like this bye week, you know, let's transition after the bye week. And, you know, maybe they pushed the bye week up. Maybe they saw, you know, he's, he, they wanted to see him get out there and prove he's fully healthy. I mean, everyone can put uh, – we can put that to rest. People are staying out. He's injury prone and all this stuff. I mean, the guy just came back from a ridiculous rehab, looked great out there, and now he's getting ready to start. Um, I don't know, man. I'm lost for words. It's it's just a lot, and I, I think just the way this team's played, they're now 3-3, three and three, and, you know, again, they have 10 very winnable games, or at least competitive games, where this could be a Dolphins team where with, a you know, a seventh playoff team this year, that is implemented this year, correct? Is that seven yes. team? Yeah, I mean, come on, man. They're already in the hunt, and now you're bringing, uh, now you're bringing Tua Tungvaluo in to hopefully elevate this offense. I mean, it, it should be, you know, we kept saying, Andre, 2021, Forget it. Wait, waiter, I'm ready. Like, bring me my, bring me my big juicy steak, that Wagyu beef. I'm ready to cut into that to a ton by low. It's time. It's time to do it. And we still got Houston's picks next year. That is the best part. And, you know, you mentioned the easy schedule. It's, it's worth noting that I think I touched on this in the previous show, but, um, while the Dolphins have plenty of winnable games, I think it might've, it, it could have been as simple as whenever the bye week is, we're going to do it. I mean, that, that, Two jet game in three weeks seems like the ideal time to get involved, but when you move the game up uh, against the Jets that quickly and that fast, you really can't throw Tua into the mix. So now you have the bye week, and the Dolphins have six winnable games on the horizon with the Rams, the Cardinals, the Chargers, Broncos, Jets, and and Bengals. Yeah, they play the Dolphins. Um, But you have to wonder when would have been the right time to put in Tua because following those six games, it's the Patriots, it's the Chiefs, it's the Raiders, and it's the Bills. Raiders and Bills are both on the road. Obviously, the two home games, not having to go up to New England or go to Arrowhead is nice, but, you know, we I hate to see those Dolphin uniforms in the snow in Buffalo, but that just it just seems like the ideal time to really get him involved. And, and two, I'd like to bring up, you mentioned Jakeem Grant. I think both Jakeem Grant and Isaiah Ford might get more of a run. This might be a fantasy deep sleeper type thing because we're talking about the highest Yards per attempt over the past five seasons in college football was Tua, averaging almost not 11 yards per attempt. This guy's going to sling it. Not only is he going to hit those slants, but he's going to take advantage of those opportunities down the field. And Josh, one of the last questions I have about Tua, despite uh, us being so excited, I think it'd be a good idea to let us cool down. Maybe we'll still do a second show later this week. Maybe we'll just get back to rolling next week. With the bye, things are really up in the air, and we don't want to sit here and just keep keep repeating ourselves but josh what are the odds they were saving jordan howard for for when Tua would be ready he, he <laughs> is he is honestly the guy i mean if you see and i mean we make light of it and i do those highlights leading up to everything with him on the sideline him and jordan howard they were always like buddy buddy and i mean no no absolutely not no they did not <laughs> save jordan howard but i'm saying it, it could be possible I do, I do have to say you know what you mentioned and it goes back to us just saying this team needed to get more 
yards after catch. And we, I really don't know. You know, you mentioned that Tua stat, and you look at Alabama's receivers. I mean, that definitely played a role. And I don't know if, you know, we got Devontae Parker. We had Press. Oh, damn, dude. We got and dude, this offense is gonna be so good. Uh, we didn't even mention Preston Williams. I mean, he's gonna feed him and Devontae Parker. Mike Jasicki should, you know, get more involved. Hopefully, within his what two, three targets he's been getting. I'm excited because we saw him implement a little bit of that pistol offense last week. I mean, I think that's a lot has a lot to do with it. During the bye, they want to implement these new formations, bring in these two of things. It's time, and damn, dude, I I just don't know how we're gonna sit here now. You know, wait twelve days until this game happens. That's the frustrating part. And with that, you mentioned the pistol offense, and, and you know, you want me to keep being a crazy person going full Charlie. I mean, uh, a lot of the times. Um, an issue Kenyon Drake is currently having in Arizona is one of the gripes is he's not getting ahead of steam before he's running the ball. Kyler Murray doesn't line up under center. But the pistol offense, it isn't the same as lining up under center and giving that running back a full head of steam. But using the pistol might actually help Jordan Howard. It might help him get some get his legs moving a little bit before that first tackle where he'd be able to break something instead of having to just kind of start in a dime and go from the shotgun offense. Again, I have nothing to base this Jordan Howard stuff off of, but knowing Brian Flores means we don't know anything at all. And and for, for anybody's guess, that could certainly be the case. Um, but again, it's an exciting time to be a Dolphins fan. You mentioned it. You have to wonder what this means for guys like Devontae Parker and Preston Williams. Obviously, the offense has already been playing well. How much higher is that ceiling going to get? But I mean, that's, that's going to be for time to tell. I just think, you know, it, it's really cool to see not just Dolphin fans, but the entire NFL really, you know, tuning in for Miami Dolphins football because it hasn't been that way in some time. Even when the Dolphins were, you know, flirting with the playoffs in the Ryan Tannehill years, it was still ended up being like a disaster. You know, the same old Dolphin type of things like that. They they were starting to get on the radar, but they're only just a little blip. But now things are different. And, and when you talk about, you know, we don't want him to get hurt. He's playing against Aaron Donald. I think the term injury prone is so, I, I guess, unfair in the NFL because, you know, I made a killing in terms of vine loops uh, for years talking, show highlighting, you know, Bryant McKinney and, and Dallas Thomas and Jonathan Martin just letting Ryan Tannehill get absolutely abused, take massive hit after hit over and over again. You know, I don't know even know how many broken ribs that guy has played, but we never called him injury prone until he you know, rolls an ankle and then he slips the next year and re-injures the ankle and now he's fine again. So I feel like the term injury prone just, just isn't a fair one. And let's say worst case scenario, Tua suffers some sort of injury, misses some time this year. We still can't call him injury prone. I refuse to do that because these it's the, it's the National Football League. Players are going to get hurt, but that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about Tua becoming the quarterback. Uh, Josh, is there any last, you know, thoughts you have here as we wrap up and, and we kind of share what we're going to be doing for our giveaway? Yeah, I got I got two things, and um, the first one I want to I want to ask you, and this is me going now. I'm now I'm turning full Charlie. Do you <laughs> think Stephen Ross, you know, being at that game, and you know the fans, it's limited there, but to hear that ovation that Tua got, like, you know, Stephen Ross, he's been one of those guys that you know he was kind of that owner that was always chirping in the ear. Sure, he took a step back, but how much of that do you think played in this? Because as we're seeing, you know, fans are flying down to this game to be at Tua's first game. It's an exciting time, and I have to mention that game is being played on. November 1st, 11-1 at 1 p.m. And that's my daughter's third birthday, so that is freaking awesome. Yes. Um, and, you know, the one 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 for Tua, it's it's going to be an exciting day. And, and hopefully they get that W, but we, we have a lot to talk about, and we'll we'll probably do a show later in this week. But if not, uh, you'll definitely be hearing from us, especially with this giveaway. Why don't you tell them about that? Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. 
With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Uh, yeah. So what we decided is, I, I mean, there are a lot of podcasts out there, a lot of people like us just trying to grind, trying to talk Miami Dolphins more than anything. And they were doing a bunch of giveaways. And, and obviously the thing they wanted to give away was it was a Tua jersey. How could you play them? You know, a Tua signed helmet, whatever it may be. Uh, you know, we like to do things a little differently here on Finsider Radio. We always try to have fun. Um, how about this? Whoever, it, all you have to do is send either Josh or I a DM. Uh, show us a screenshot that you have subscribed to our podcast and that you left a review. Uh, I'd, we'd prefer a five-star, but honestly, your your opinion, whatever it is, always helps us out. If we're saying, uh, too many times and you give us a three-star review because of it, we want to know def- about it. I definitely do that. So definitely put <laughs> uh, at least start at the three and then we're you know, five stars, Maybe, please, please. Yeah. You can change your reviews, so maybe if you leave that three-star and we work our way up and we show that improvement, you will deserve that five-star. But hey, send us a screenshot that you subscribe to the podcast wherever you do, Spotify, iTunes, whatever floats your boat. Send us a screenshot of, of the review, a comment, whatever it may be, and you'll be entered in for a chance to win a... Solomon Kinley jersey. I thought that'd just be a great, you know, something different. I mean, nobody, I, I feel, obviously, I remember seeing Jake Long, maybe even some Richie Incognito jerseys, but I feel like this is something where you can kind of stick out in a crowd. I think it's fun. I think when someone sees a Kinley jersey, it, it, it makes a room, you know, a couple different people smile because they know that Mountain of a Man has been awesome for the Miami Dolphins. So one more time, send us a screenshot that you're subscribed to the show. Send us a screenshot that you've left a review, and you'll be entered to win a Solomon Kinley signed jersey. And Josh, we're doing this off the cuff. When would you like to limit the uh, the time of this uh, giveaway to happen? Do you want to do Damn. end of the season? Do you want do you want to do a specific game on the schedule? How are you feeling about this? What do you want to do? You want to do a month? You want to give it a month? So that would be, what week are we in? Week six, week 10? Who do the Dolphins play in week 10? How about we do a, uh, the, 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 how about we do the Jets game on, on the end of November? We'll give people to the end of November. We'll try to mention it in every show. Obviously, we won't you know, drown you out with it, but I, I think that'd be enough time. Give people an opportunity to remember it a couple times or even forget it a couple times before they remember to do it. Um, and, and hopefully, you'll have a jersey to show the the coverage that Tua Tagovailoa is going to have for the next 10 years as he leads the Miami Dolphins to three Super Bowls. Three Super Bowls, yeah. I was thinking more like six, but three sounds good. <laughs> I mean, they're definitely, we'll they're definitely winning one this year, right? I mean, isn't that kind of what this whole move's for? I, I think they're going after the Super Bowl. I think for, I for mean, multiple sources. For multiple, <laughs> I am one of those sources. I will out myself, but I mean, they're at three and three. Optimi- the the team has to be so optimistic. I mean, they're gonna come out against. The Rams, and they're going to be ready to punch people in the face. And I hope people are recording me saying this so that when they lose 40 to nothing, some dreadful way, uh, they can laugh at me. But I, I think this is going to just add another level of excitement to this organization. I can't wait to see what Devontae Parker and, and the Preston Williams of the world, how they react. I can't wait to see how this offense operates. And we can't wait to share that time with you. Josh has been on fire with the content li- lately. He loves that Titanic theme song. Be sure to c- check out all the different 
videos, the different quotes he presents just on social media at H-O-U-T-Z Houts. Um, I'll chirp in with an occasional message an hour or two. You can follow me at jmiddle94. As I mentioned, smash that subscribe button, leave a review. That stuff helps us out so, so much. And all of a sudden, it will give you a chance at a Solomon Kinley jersey. So we hope you enter in that. We appreciate all the support you guys have. We're excited of the new era of the Miami Dolphins. It's finally here. Uh, we're going to start trending in the right direction, Josh. We were thinking that next year would be the case. We're going to have our cake and eat it, too. We're going to shoot for the playoffs this year, and we have Houston's top two picks, so let's ride. Let's ride, baby, and you made a cake joke, and I hope that wasn't a stat Ryan Fitzpatrick. I know it wasn't, but but it's to it's to a time by low time, baby, and I think I'm excited because, you know, we sat here and we talked about the offense and, you know, the one of the most, the strongest units on this team is the defense, and to Incredible. just think that, and to just think that, you know, they're upgrading. Fantastic. They're upgrading, and at least my opinion, at quarterback, I mean, what this offense should do. I don't want to sound crazy, but I feel like right now, like just the excitement I have and just knowing the position the Dolphins are in, I mean, this is as good of a chance as the Dolphins have had to make the playoffs and, you know, or at least to, you know, make the playoffs and then even to possibly win a game. I mean, uh, let's just see how it all unfolds. But, but like you said, man, I mean, 2020 was supposed to be the hors d'oeuvre. It's turning into the entree, and it's two a ton of a low time, baby. And that's all we have for you guys. Uh, you know, with this, I think we're already getting close to half an hour. I think we're excited. Uh, it is the bye week, but I, I think, uh, Josh, let's hit him with three shows this week. We'll reconvene either Thursday, Friday, or maybe even Saturday to hit uh, everyone with the show and talk some more Dolphins because, man, this team is exciting, and, and that's a breath of fresh air over previous years. So thank you guys for joining us, and most importantly, fins up. Fins up, baby. And Tua, we trust. That was Finsider Radio, part of the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, because we're the Miami Dolphins. Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, cause we're the Miami Dolphins.